What did we learn? Murderers. Stop it. You're just making a fool of yourself. No, you're not. Yeah, it's impossible. No, what are you doing? I'm trying to put my finger in all the holes and reach with all five of them. And then, and then you become Captain Planet. What's happening? What are you doing? I'm learning. Tell me about history. Oh, are we recording? Yeah. Again? Oh. <laughs> I was playing a solo game. It's like solitaire, but for cool but people. With my fingers in holes. <laughs> like bowling, but just for one person. But just for me. Just for me, alone in a room. How fun. And a foam sound guard. Boop, boop, boop. Yes, if we sound different, it's because we have sound guards and microphones. If we sound different, it's because we've been invaded by lizard aliens <laughs> who are wearing our skin. I thought you were going to say a country. And then because of the episode we just recorded, I thought you were going to say something that used to be a country. We were invaded by Indochina. <laughs> Whoa. Like, that's not real. They came back. That's not a place. <laughs> you can't be invaded by things that aren't real. That's not true. That is. That's called like a psychosis. You're invaded by imaginary thoughts. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you can't physically be invaded by things that aren't real. Sure. Yeah, it's like Persia's invading. It's like Persia does not exist. So, the that's, that's not real. Try again. What if they <laughs> want you to call them Persia? I mean, what if it's a new Persia? That's fine, but Persia 2.0. Prove it to me. Per 2.0. Call me. Per, call me. Tell me. Ring me. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Get me on the horn. When you want to page me, it's okay. Persia's invading? That's how you Get know. Alexis on the horn. That's how you know that uh, You're old? Kim Possible is old. Because <laughs> yeah. beat me and page me is page. in that song. I think it's are the true. same thing. I don't know what beep means, I guess. I assume it's paging. That's true. I mean, usually it'd be just be paging, right? Whenever you need me, baby. <sighs> anyway. Hello. Hi. Guten Morgen. This is the BBS 11. <laughs> At 11. <laughs> At 11. <laughs> That's a callback. Uh, stupid. I'm Alexis. And I'm Haley. And I'm not a lizard. Good. On the inside. Oh. <laughs> but on the outside. <laughs> Someone uh, was telling me that they hate conspiracy theorists because they're taking the easy way out. Mm-hmm. And I agree. What does that mean? Oh, just like, uh, oh, instead of like, maybe people actually just built these pyramids. Aliens did it. sure. Instead, you should be like, what? We never landed on the moon. More like, I don't think the moon exists. Prove it. Prove it. Prove the moon. Prove it. (laughs) Prove that it's not just a light the government shines in the sky. Prove it. <laughs> I had a government shine a moon in my eye once. For two years. For two years. <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> this is hysterical history. <laughs> Where we talk about real things. Yes, like the moon conspiracy. <laughs> like the moon <laughs> conspiracy. <laughs> As we all as we all know, the moon is a made up thought by the government. <laughs> anyway, today <laughs> I'm gonna not talk about the moon. I'm gonna talk about Louis Le Prince. Oh, I, I mean, he could be the moon. Is he French? Who knows? <laughs> is he French? <laughs> Louis Le Prince? Is he French? Who knows? Was he slow? Let's, 
<laughs> Let's guess. Is he French? Is he French? I mean, maybe he's Canadian. Maybe he's French Canadian. Maybe he's from French Indochina. He's not. Uh, Spoiler alert. No, he's not. No one is. I want to give a shout out to Robin K. Bags. Yeah. Because I read an article by them and I got a lot of information from it. So thanks, friend. It was called, uh, this is a slight spoiler, but oh well. Well, no, I won't tell you. Uh, The the end of it's uh, Louis Le Prince, uh, father of cinematography. So today we're talking about cinematography and who invented it. Uh, is it Louis the Prince? Louis the Prince. It depends on who you ask. Are we asking him? No, he's Does dead. Does he say yes? He's dead. True question. He doesn't say yes. He says we. We. Oh, uh, no. That was a French joke. We. Oh, oh, no. oh, that was a joke. <laughs> en France. It was a French joke. En français. France um, is the joke. So Le Prince. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> One of us has to be not a Francophile. I guess. I only do it to ba- balance you out. To balance. Uh, so Le Prince is born in Metz, France in 1841. Cool. Uh, his full name is uh, Louis M.A. Augustin, or August, yeah, Augustin Le Prince. Um, and he's the son of a respected officer of the Légion d'Honneur. What's that? Um, it's a French order that was established by Napoleon Bonaparte in 1802. He was in, basically he was in the army. Cool. With Napoleon. Just, just say that. <laughs> but he's fancy boy. But French. France. Um, I have to, to give my boy a shout out whenever he's around. Your, oh yeah, your boy. I gotta be like Napoleon. <laughs> your fancy boy. Napoleon. Oh, your small boy. He wasn't small. What was those? No, what? no, he wasn't. But we were we were making fun of, well, like caviar or like oysters oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's like a there's a line of them at uh, it's probably not called a line. I think it might be um, at the grocery store. They have Napoleon's face on them yeah. of like smoked clams and stuff. And they're all different names, but it's just his face. Yeah. But it'll have a little label underneath that says fancy. Yeah, special. Mm. Do you want a fancy Napoleon? A fancy boy. Or a special? (laughs) Or smoked. Or smoked. Do you want a little smoked boy? (laughs) No, wait, here we go. You find your pictures? (laughs) Garlic butter Napoleon. Garlic butter Napoleon. It's a classic taste Napoleon. Tiny. Tiny. We have to upload these photos. We're uploading these. Yeah. And this one just says fancy. Fancy smoked baby clams. It's great when you see his face with the words, it automatically looks like, like oh, he is fancy. Oh, he is tiny. <laughs> Look at this tiny boy. <laughs> it's such a handsome uh, picture of him, too. I know. I like how these pictures, it just keeps getting closer to him, yes. too. Garlic so butter. Closer. Garlic butter. <laughs> ah. Okay, anyway. I'm so sorry. I'm so, not sorry. Um, during his childhood, yes. Louis Le Prince is fortunate because his father uh, is friends with Jacques Daguerre. Cousteau? No. The filmographer and marine biologist? No. <laughs> I just said his last name is Daguerre. I feel bad. Have you heard of Daguerre? No. Really? Oh. I mean, I don't um, know. I only read these names. I don't hear them. Okay. So uh, Louis studies uh, photography and chemistry with Daguerre, and he's famous for um, a daguerreotype photography, 
which is where you use silver-plated copper that's oh. polished, and you treat it with fumes to make it light-sensitive, and then expose it in a camera. I don't know his name, but I know the daguerreotype. Daguerreotype, yeah. So that's him. Yeah. Um, which, like, uh, if you're going to become an inventor of something that involves cameras, it's cool that you go to apprentice with a dude who's, like, extremely famous for using cameras. Yeah. So, like, that helps. It helps. Actions help. You have to be in with the bros. When your dad's really, like, good friends with a very famous man in the uh, field that you want to study, it helps. Uh, Um, So he gets to hang out with Daguerreotype, and he teaches him how to do his... Or not Daguerreotype, Daguerre. Let's just call him Daguerreotype. And he learns how to do Daguerreotype. Yeah. Um, And uh, so that's a good time. Um, And then he's like, you know what? I like doing this. I want to keep doing stuff like this. This is a cool, fun thing. Yeah. And so he goes as a, uh, down a path of the arts, which uh, he studies painting in Paris and postgraduate level chemistry at Leipzig University in Germany. Good place. Yeah. A lot of famous people there. And it's fun to me that it's like, he's not only doing art, but he's also learning chemistry, right? Because like, especially with, yeah. at this time with photography, they are extremely you, you interconnected. Yeah. You need it. Um, but I especially like that it's like, you know, because usually those two things are in very opposite corners. When we think about them, they're art majors and they're science majors and they are polar yeah. opposites. Because at the time, like to be any kind of gentleman, mm-hmm. you need to be also a scientist. It's true. Uh, and so, and chemistry definitely. especially is so in fashion. It is. In fashion. It doesn't stop being in fashion until they really dig into physics. Right. Which isn't for a few decades. Mm-hmm. Like half a century, I guess. Yeah. They have some time yeah. to still be into the chemistry. They still think chemistry holds the answer to the universe. They still think hilarious. chemistry is a little bit magic. Which is hilarious. Which I also think it's a little bit magic. I mean, it is. Just going to say. Yeah. It's, it's like... Chemistry is the real alchemy, right? It's like yeah, the real of course. potion making. It's yeah. fun. It is. Anyway. It is. So during the Franco-Prussian War, mm. um, he went through the siege of Paris as a officer of volunteers. So basically, he's just like in the area when this battle breaks out for this war. And they're like, we need people to help us. And he's like, okay. <laughs> All right. So, so then he's an officer he's for like a little bit. He's like the reserves. Um. Not, I wouldn't say not really, just because it's like, it's not like he signed up for it ahead of time. It's like, it's uh, literally happening right now. Sure. It's like you're, it's like if you just go, we're having an emergency, we need helpers. And he goes, okay. That's true. And when he helps. When the Prussians invade, you need to panic. Ah! You need to panic right now. Help us right now. And he goes, okay. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> he's a good boy. I'll do it. Louis Le Prince is a, is a prince. He's a lovely boy. Um, so he moves to England because uh, he gets an offer from his friend John Whitley to be in his engineering company called Whitley's. Uh, of course. Spoiler alert. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Creative. Whoa. I mean, it's an engineering company. Whitley's. So, um, as, Whit- a, as a designer. Whitley's, believe it or not. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he hires him as a designer, so he wants him to help like figure out how to make stuff work, which is fun. And he's into it. Um, And while he's there, he meets um, his friend John's sister. uh, And they fall in love and they get married. Oh, cute. And so three years later, he gets married to her. And she's also a talented artist. So they have a lot in common. And she's real pretty. And he's like, that one is for me. And now he's brothers with his friend. I'm like, cool. And then they 
together establish um, the Leeds Technical School of Art, which mm. I'm like, I like that it's a technical school of art. Of course. They're learning techniques. Um, and he specializes in tinting and firing of photographic images. Um, so he and his wife, they do this uh, method where they're renowned for combining photography on metal and ceramic. Why not? So they have a photograph yeah. and then they're like imprinting it onto ceramics that they're making or onto metal um, so that people can have them in different forms yeah. and probably for longer since photographs don't, especially right then, don't last very long because of the, you know, the paper and decay and everything. So it's like, you know, being able to preserve it better. Um, and they get such a reputation for doing this because they do color photography on metal and pottery, which I assume has to be very difficult. And they're so good at it that Queen Victoria wants one from them. Um, and the Prime Minister, William Gladstone. Well. Um, and you can actually still see those uh, those art pieces that they did. Because, Well, not I shouldn't say see them, I guess. They still exist, um, but they were placed in the foundation stone of Cleopatra's Needle in London. So you might be able to see them. Interesting. But I'm not sure. Um, but <laughs> they yeah. thought that was the... Best use of those. They put them in a monument. Yeah. So that's cool. Cool. Um, But anyway. So we can always appreciate your art because it's this little piece in a bigger art. Yeah. Great. I guess. (laughs) That's how much we appreciated your thing. You're welcome. (laughs) We used your thing as a building block. (laughs) We gave it some exposure out here. We made it into a brick. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So um, they're just hanging out, doing their photography thing, being cool shiz. Um, and then a decade later, they're like, we're going to move to the United States. Oh, the United States is where it's at. Why did I already think they were there? Is this because John they is American? England. Yeah. I think it was just because his John friend. John is not American. Who's American? He's English. Nobody. Why? So far why in the story. Th- why did I think he was American? I don't know. Why? They were in Leeds. Why? Which is in England. Why? <laughs> so anyway. Answer me. A decade later, they moved to the United States. Like, okay. hey, check it out. Um, they're still working under Whitley, um, and he manages a group of French artists um, that are famed. Uh, Le Prince is uh, managing a group of French artists who are famed for large panoramic paintings of military encounters. 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 Battles, if you will. Tea parties. Yes. Slumber parties. Salons. Salons. So they're they're just creating like, you know, you know, like when you do a panoramic picture with your phone and you yeah. get the whole big image and it's mm-hmm. really cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. This is before you can do that. And so what? they're just making really, really big um, paintings. And I think they were making them at this kind of angle so that you felt like you were completely surrounded by it. Um, like it's bent on the ends. So you feel like you're completely immersed in it. Um, and I guess, I think in his diary he talks about this, but um, these panoramic scenes apparently were really fashionable. People were really into it. Like, people would come around from all over to look at them the and, fashion. and be in, inspired and in awe it's of the beauty. It's so visible. Um, but he apparently, because of that, he was like, oh, I wish I felt like I was more in this image, like I was feeling this moment with these people, um, and that was what inspired him to work on moving images, mm. right? So it was even more real than what was in front of him, um, which is fun. And so he starts experimenting with a moving picture machine um, in workshops. They work at a, or his wife teaches at the New York Institute for the Deaf. She teaches um, painting, which is mm-hmm. super fun and cool. And I'm like, 
everybody in his family is just lovely. Yeah. Um, and while they're in the United States, um, Le Prince realizes that he needs a camera that can, um, you know, because moving images are just taking photographs and then, like, putting them together, right, mm-hmm. um, in sequence. And then they're just moving quickly enough. You do them at a specific speed that they move through them like a slideshow. And then they look at their moving. Yeah. Um, and so what he... Like, the, like those little flip books, but more fancy. Yes. And so what he realizes is that he needs to do 16 frames per second. And so, uh, pragmatically, he makes a camera that has 16 cameras, right? Little cameras. So they'll take oh my a picture. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, 16. So we, so we can get that nice 60 FPS. Yeah. So he's got a 16 lens camera, and he experiments with, like, different kinds of film stock and what he's using. Um, and it rotates between the lenses to take the sequence of frames. But then he's like, yeah, the person said he has an Occam's razor approach, right? You need 16 frames per second, 16 lenses. Done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, it works, kind of. Oh, 16 um, frames. That makes more sense. Yeah, not 16. I thought you said 16. I'm no, like, no, no, no. dang. 16. Dang. No, no, no. People have meltdowns online <laughs> if it's not 60 FPS. Right, but that's now. <laughs> that's now. 16. Like, I can't believe they were that high. No. <laughs> 16 makes way more sense. Yeah. And 60 is way too many. Yes. Like 16 lenses on a camera is excessive, but like within the realm of reason, yeah. 60 would be way too many. 60 is too much. No, no, no. 16. Oh my gosh. Which, uh, I watched this documentary and they showed you like what it looks like when you do it at like 10 frames per second versus 12 frames per second versus like 15 frames per second. And it's right around the 15 or 16 mark where it looks like things are actually moving in time, Mm -hmm. like still maybe in slow motion almost, but like, it looks like it's actually moving in like a continuous, um, recording instead of like picture, 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 picture. Even though it's quick, it still is like jerky kind of, and it makes it a lot smoother. So that's what they're aiming for is that sweet 16. Um, And so he tries to do with all the lenses, but then he has a problem because if each lens is like marginally in a different position than the other ones, then it gets all messed up. And it's like really expensive to have that many lenses. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah, Um, I imagine. And it's a, uh, it would make them wobbly, kind of, the images. And uh-huh. so he's like, and he's a perfectionist, apparently. He wrote in his letters to his wife, I think, that he's like, no, no, I need to get this, like, perfectly right. Right. Because um, he's doing all this experimentation secretly. He's not talking to anyone about it besides his, like, family. Um, Just me alone in a room with 16 cameras. Because, like, you know, there are people at this time, um, Edison's working on a camera, um, and there's lots of other people, but, like, Edison... Oh, F that guy. Right. This is another hate Edison uh, (laughs) episode of our podcast. Yeah. But Edison's working on a camera. Um, The Lumieres, the Lumiere brothers in um, France are working on a camera. Like, everybody's trying to race for this invention, right? And so he's being really secretive about it because he doesn't want anyone to know and steal his ideas. Um, But he also... and And because of that, he's a perfectionist. And he's like, before I show anything, it has to be perfect and right. And so um, in 1886, he applies for an American patent Mm -hmm. on November the 2nd. Uh, But he he gets it on uh, at the beginning of the year in 1888. Uh, And he also gets a British patent for his invention, the 16 lens camera, um, in 1888 also. Um, So he's got patents in a couple countries on this camera that he has. 
But uh, in the patent for America, they deleted a claim for machines. They, there was language in it that said one or more lenses. That he, that's what he was patenting. Mm-hmm. And in the patent for America, in order to give it to him, they deleted that sentence because they said, we already have one of those. Like, that's, there's already a patent covering that. Um, they didn't actually have one of those because he's doing a uh, motion picture camera, and they're talking about a still camera that sure. has one lens and is shooting one image. Mm-hmm. So th- he's like fights with them for that's what takes so long he fights with them for like years about that verbiage and then he's like okay fine whatever like i just need the patent so that nobody else can steal this from me mm-hmm. please just give it to me um but that will be important later oh he starts using like different kinds of film he's using i think it's his paper backed stripping film i don't know what that means um initially and then later on he realizes um that like some celluloid would work better uh, he does, like, experiments on different kinds of film and what works and uh-huh. figures out that celluloids is stuff. And, I mean, that's true for yeah. a long time, you know. Very long time. Um, even now, often, um, for specific cameras. Not not great for longevity. Right. But does real good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... No, 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 no. The end. The end. Um, in... May of 1887, um, Le Prince, he returns, or he takes his family back to Leeds, and he builds a new camera that has a single lens. Whoa. Right? What? Um, single lens motion camera. What? Um, and he takes what a lot of people is considered the first, he makes the first film of, of you know, motion picture of any kind of, uh, you might have seen it before, it's like two seconds, right? And it's um, his family in like a garden and they're just kind of like walking around and they're being cute and like one of the ladies kind of spins in her dress and it's adorable. Uh Um, And it's interesting specifically that film because it's really easy to date, Mm -hmm. like when that happened. Because the other thing is like, you know, the big thing about who invented it first or who had the first film is, well, when? Because they'll say like late 1887, but you're like, what month is it? What day is it, right? Sure. Uh, and usually they're not writing that down for some reason. But um, his is actually really easy to date because one of the people in the video dies like mm-hmm. 10 days later. And so they're like, well, it has to be before that. Sure. Because <laughs> she's in it. So great. Um, Handy. But it's really cute just to watch. And it's like kind of magical because you're just like, oh, like this is the first thing that somebody shot probably. And it's yeah. very cool. Oh, there's this one journalist that I want to shoot in the face. <laughs> I won't say who it is because I didn't write it down, but I just have... Wait, like, like an old-timey journalist or no, a now journalist? now journalist. I'm like, um, that's so petty for someone who no. who died, like, in the 50s. No, no, they're alive. Okay. I'm sure. Um, but I just, I have a bullet point that says, idiot journalist, and then <laughs> okay. um, his quote about, yeah. about Le Prince's video. Uh-huh. The crackly footage wasn't all that riveting. Uh, one showed scenes of life on Leeds Bridge in Yorkshire, shot from the upstairs window of a nearby ironmonger's. A horse and cart trundles in the background, and a handful of people in their Victorian finery walk along the road in front. Neither performance was worth an Academy Award, but together they are probably more valuable than the sum total of every Oscar ever made. So eventually he's like, oh, but it's very valuable because it's history. 
but he's just being so douchey about it. Yeah. Like, there's a way to say it's not the same as modern film mm-hmm. without saying crackly footage wasn't riveting. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't impressive. Right, because he also shot... Um, it's not what I would have done. <laughs> no. There's no story to it. I'm like, it's three seconds. <laughs> um, but Because uh, he also shoots um, the Leeds Bridge in Yorkshire, which is what he's talking about, because uh, he said it was the place he, that he knew of with the most motion, mm-hmm. right? And so he was like, perfect, this will be easy to show things in motion, and it'll make sense. Um, and you can watch both of these videos. We can post them, um, but you can also just look them up on YouTube. It's really easy. If you just, like, La Prance, uh, or even if you're just like, first film, it'll show it to you. Um, and they're real cute, cool, little history bits. Um, little bits. So he's proud of this, right? He's like, I got it to work, single lens camera, it's doing its duty. Um, and he's excited to share with people what he's got. Um, his wife stayed in the United States when he moved back to Leeds, and so he's communicating her through letters, and he's like, I just got something to deal with over here real quick in France. Like, uh, his mother dies. Oh, um, okay. Like, I don't know if it's that year or before that, but he's got, apparently he has to go down there and work out something with his inheritance, because something weird's happening. Um, and so he goes, he's like, I'm going to go to France, um, and work this out real quick, but then I'm coming to America and like, we need to set it up. So it's ready to go. We're going to have like Mm -hmm. a, you know, big showing for it. Um, and they rent like the, the building still exists too. They rent out like this mansion basically to do it in. Sure. Um, they even had like a, they found a sketch of his of like how people would sit to watch it. And it's the same with movies that it kind of like the seats kind of come out Mm -hmm. at an angle. So that it's all pointed towards the screen very intelligently. And I'm like, good job, buddy. He's yeah. creating the first movie theater. Yeah. Um, it's called a Jumel Mansion in Washington Heights. The Jumanji Mansion? Yeah. Jumel. Jumanji. <laughs> yeah. They were going to show Jumanji. That was yeah. the first movie they were going to show. It's not as flashy as today's movies. <laughs> as today's Jumanji. It's, it's, only, Jumanji. it's only Jumanji <laughs> starring Robin Williams. Um, but yeah, so he's been working in secret forever. And now he's like, now it's time to go public. Now it's my time. Ready to go. Time to shine. Right. And he's, got, he's like... I don't think he's in super danger about his patent of, like, <laughs> super danger. He's in danger. Uh, super danger. Um, of his patent expiring anytime soon because he just got it recently. But, you know, he also is, like, I think very conscious that other people are creating similar things. And even if they don't have a patent, they can still be like, look what I did. And still right. kind of usurp his position that he's really excited about. Right. Because just because you do the first thing doesn't mean it's going to be the best thing. Right. The one that lasts. But the first thing makes a big impression on Mm -hmm. people, and he wants to be first because he's just so excited about what's going on and because he's just put a lot of effort into it. Um, And so he goes to France to deal with whatever he's got down there. It says, before making his way to New York to demonstrate his creations and patent the new technology and methods, he never made it to New York. He was murdered. Possibly. By Edison. Possibly. By Edison. So in early uh, September 1890, um, prior to his voyage to New York, Le Prince goes to um, Bourges. Bourges? I don't know how to say it. In Belgium. uh, Central France. Well. (laughs) Um, To visit some friends and to apparently work on this thing for his inheritance. And then on the 13th, he travels east to the capital of the Burgundy region, Dijon. And uh, he's mustard. Mustard. I have to make the joke. Dijon mustard. Just put some mustard on it. Uh, Where he stays with his brother, Albert. 
Um, three days later, Le Prince waves farewell to his brother at the Dijon station as he boards the 2.42 p.m. train from Dijon for Paris. Um, and when the train arrives in the Parisian station on the 16th of September, uh, his friends are there to meet him, and he doesn't get off the train. <gasps> murder train! Murder train! Murder train! Murder uh, train! Does even, it make any stops? Hold on. Even more unsettling, um, he's not on the train. Murder train. Murder train. Belongings aren't on the train. Murder train. Um, or his luggage. Murder train. Um, the Dijon to Paris Express was said to have no stops in between. It was said by whom? The murderer? I think the train conductor probably said we did stop. It was the conductor. Um, and his brother confirms his departure. The brother Um, did it. That's a theory. Hold on. The brother was in cahoots. Um, I'm too excited. I can't stop. <laughs> so none of the other commuters on the train report any strange behavior or emergency exits. Like, they were like, no, everything was normal. Nothing was weird. Um, and the French police, the London Scotland Yard, and Le Prince's family and friends launch an extensive search and an investigation into his whereabouts. But Louis, his corpse, and his belongings, nor any clues, are ever found. Can anyone else confirm he actually got on the train? No. Well, that's Just not... his brother Albert dropped him off. Well, that's not great, is it, Albert? Not the best. Hmm, not great, Albert. So, um, after his disappearance... Oh, I would tell you, um, so if Le Prince had filed his patents as early as 1886 and had filmed successfully in 1888, um, some people have asked why his family did not pursue, uh, pursue Edison in courts. When Edison is like, look, I invented this camera, right? Because one of the major ways that Edison makes money is he goes, hey, that person's using my patent and sues them Mm -hmm. in court and then wins money uh, and then does it again, rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. And so people are like, why didn't La Princess family just do that when Edison says, hey, I invented this? And they go, "Mm mm-mm, like clearly La Prince did because he has the patent and you owe us money. Um, Because that bit they took out. Well, yeah. The answer is um, they would not... Well, the the first problem is in American law, we won't consider someone dead who's missing until seven years after their disappearance. Um, So he got his patent in 18... I don't know if it's from the... I'm assuming it's from the date it's awarded, which would be 1888. Sure. But that would mean they won't consider him dead... So that they could, his family could actually use the patent until 1897. Um, I don't know how long the patent's for, but I don't think it's for 10 years. Sure. Yeah, because it's, it's different than it is now. They've changed patent law and copyright yes. law a lot since then. They have. And um, for, for some of these reasons. Yeah. And um, uh, one of the lines that I have from uh, a journalist was, to his competitors, Le Prince was much more valuable missing than dead. Yeah. Because if he's dead, it just goes to his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's missing, they have a window of time where they can't be sued for it. To the window. No. To the wall. No. Um, so the American Mutoscope Company. I don't like that. Mutoscope? I don't like it. Yeah, it's gross. Um, but they initiate litigation against Edison for this camera of his um, in the War of Patents um, over Equity 6928. Don't you love all these details? Ooh, it's sex. It's Ooh. like Game of Thrones, but sexier. Ooh, 6928. Ooh, patent it's got law. got a 69 in there. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> 
Um, so they're hoping to have LaPrance properly credited for the creation of the motion picture camera, and they called upon um, Adolphe LaPrance, who is Louis's eldest son, to be a witness. Um, Adolphe had worked closely with his father on lots of his experiments, and he's, like, really hopeful that this is going to restore his father's honor. Um, and they're kind of desperate to do this now, I think, mostly because, like, in his memory. Um, but also, his wife definitely suspects that someone had him killed. This corporate, like, betrayal espionage yeah that's that somebody in this race to build a camera was the one to take him out that he was assassinated sure and so she really i think just for the sake of um his memory really wants to have at least that restored to them Mm -hmm. um because she knows you know how important it was to him and how much time and effort he spent on it and um so they have they start the case um, and they have, you know, they hear all this evidence and they hear um, Adolphe is passionately researched, it says, and he's an undergraduate in chemistry at Columbia University. He's really smart and he knows what he's talking about. Um, and he even makes a visit to Leeds to get evidence. Um, and he returns to New York complete with strips of photographs and most importantly, his father's cameras. He brings them um, as evidence to be like, look, this is, you know, yeah. This is what it was, and this is he made this before you. Um, however, Edison's attorneys attack his evidence outright, and um, even the mutoscope team, who is you know supposedly on his side um, and using him, uh, they are only interested as a, as far as they can attack Edison. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about Laprance and his actual invention. Sure, they just want to. Poo-poo on Edison. Poo-poo. So if it seems like it's not going their way, they'll just kind of give up. And so they're not actually that helpful mm-hmm. with Adolphe and what he's trying to do. And if he brings up anything they don't think will work for the case, they're just like, shh, don't. You know, that's not what we're here for. Um, so it's like almost like he has enemies on all sides, poor little boy. And so he's not allowed to make too much of a case for his father specifically. He's just supposed to provide the cameras, basically, Mm -hmm. and like a little testimony about working with his father for proof. And apparently his father's cameras were never actually produced in court for evidence. They're like, we don't need that. We have the patent. Sure. I guess. Um, And the Edison team was consequently convinced that they didn't even exist. I mean, in a sense, does it matter? The, the physical camera? Yeah. Right. No, not really. But he was kind of proving that it was real. And, like, and I think it does attack a little bit his credibility, like, you know, not specifically about the patent holding, but about whether or not he was doing anything with it. If mm. they're like, well, he didn't even build anything. I mean, it doesn't matter. If you have the patent, you have it. Right. But this is, like, just... I'm not, I'm not trying to argue that that's yeah. not true, but I mean... This, lawyers, first of all, are going to use whatever they can. And two, like, I don't know how much this judge knows about patents. Um, which <laughs> they, the didn't get a, they didn't get a patent. Ju- this isn't patent court. <laughs> I don't it's, know. It's just like a, you know, He's a low cr- circuit Yeah. He just court. deals with, like, you know, robbery and flashing. <laughs> right. Um, so, um, three years later... The court gives its ruling in 1901 that Thomas Alva Edison was indeed the first and sole inventor of the moving pictures. He murdered people. I hate him. Um, and the following, but the following year, um, they reversed it on appeal. <coughs> I hate lawyers. Um, he was not the sole inventor after all. Well, however, you can't um, have everything, can you? So the initial case is awarded to Edison, 
And then um, before it gets reversed, Adolphe Le Prince is found dead. Mm-hmm. Um, he died on Fire Island near New York. What? While, Excuse me? Yeah. Excuse Fire Island. Uh, was he burned to death? He better have uh, been. No, he was uh, shot. With a fire bullet. <laughs> I mean, firearm. Yeah. Um, he was out hunting ducks. Mm, of course. And they didn't come back. The ducks killed him. And they him. knew where he was, so his family went out and checked for him, and he was out there having been shot. No one else was there. Just him. Just him. He shot and himself. He shot. Just him and Dick Cheney. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he went back in time and killed Adolphe Le Prince. Dick, um, please. Nicholas Cheney. We don't know how he died. I do. Um, oh, <laughs> please tell. <laughs> well, if it wasn't Nicholas Cheney. Nicholas <laughs> Cheney. Um, definitely Edison and the Ducks. Yeah. Edison used the ducks against him. Yeah. Tesla had the pit- pigeons, but Edison has the ducks. And the ducks are evil, as we know. That's true. They're because, really evil. Because they were able to survive the ark. Ducks are evil, and then geese are the evolved form of ducks. It's true. They're like the, the big mob bosses of yeah, ducks. They're scariest. Anyway, so yeah, on the afternoon of July 1901, he's found dead. Um, at uh, he, he has a hunting gun at his side at the family summer cottage on Fire Island. Um, it may have been suicide. It could have been an accident. That's what this says. I wanted to die amongst my ducks. But Lizzie is convinced <laughs> that it's a second murder of her of family course. members. Um, the boy knew too much and had said so in court. And so they're like, well, gotta kill that one. It's weird to Bye. do it after court, because it's all, it's all on the record now. Yeah. It's too late. You think? What are you doing? Don't know. Maybe he's just mad. <laughs> I just murder him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Well, and they had won, and he dies before it's reversed. Maybe they thought that he was going to appeal, and they were trying um, to prevent him from doing so. Sure. Um, but it happens anyway. So. Yeah. Why it not? didn't work. But anyway, um, the primary theory surrounding um, the disappearance of his father, Louis Le Prince. There's four theories. Cool. Tell me. Um, Ducks. This this person whose article I read said two prominent theories can be, with a degree of confidence, disregarded. And I'll list these first. So I'm also going to do that. So one of the theories is suicide. Okay. Louis Le Prince um, possibly was in debt from all of this, uh, you know, testing that he was doing on this camera and was so embarrassed and trying to save his family face or something, that he killed himself. By jumping off the train with all of his luggage? Possibly. Weird. They also think, people are pretty sure that Louis Le Prince didn't even get on the train. I mean, it doesn't sound um, like it. Not specifically because, like, of tickets or anything or whatever. Um... Or even that he was missing, but because he was like six three, in a time when average height for men I think was like five nine mm-hmm. or something, so he's extremely tall. And so they're like, it's not like they wouldn't have noticed he was there. The people on board the train. So when they were like, yeah, didn't see him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when they ask, like, have you seen someone who looks like this? He also has very um, intense facial hair. He's sure. got, like, a the mustache that connects to his uh, oh yeah his giant sideburn the situation. Hand, the handlebars. Yeah, because that's the, uh, the fashion. 
I don't know if time. I think handlebars is like its own separate. Yeah, that's just I think this. Like, yeah, where it's on your lip and then it comes down straight. I'm thinking this more is of like an attachment. It's like a. And it's like it's real long right here. Like a horse rein, like a bit and rein. Yes, exactly. Um, so he's pretty imposing looking and obvious. Big, big man. Big man. And um, nobody said that they saw him enter the train, and his stuff's not on the train. So yeah. they're like, probably didn't get on the train. Yeah. But Albert's like, I saw him get on the train. I waved goodbye to him as the train left. Um, so I guess Albert's conclusion for that, if his brother killed himself, would just be like he hopped right off on the other side and hid or something. No idea. Like, just went, whoop, straight through the train. Yeah. But that would be kind of weird, and I feel like someone would have noticed. Um... Like, the train leaves and he's still, like, running away. It's like, Albert? <laughs> Albert? Albert, don't look. Don't look at me. I'm busy. Don't look. I'm, I'm, I'm running. on the train. I'm running away. <laughs> don't look. Um, but his uh, grandson, La Prince's grandson, um, speculated that that was true. Um, and film historian Georges Ponotier, or Ponotier, um he cited that Louis was on the verge of bankruptcy. Um, so they think that might have been why he did it. But um, other people think that um, doesn't make sense, mostly because he had his wife planning out showing his movie, and he was, like, almost surely going to make a lot of money very soon. Mm-hmm. So it seems bizarre. Like, why that not he would... wait? Wait and find out? Right. Just, like, a few days. Um, and that he put so much work into this, and then yeah. he just kills himself seems very strange. Timing's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, and that he was supposedly going to get this inheritance, mm-hmm. right? Like, he wasn't getting it right then, but he knew that he was going to get, like, a sizable chunk of his mother's inheritance, and apparently she wasn't poor, so it's also strange. Um, was Albert not getting any of the inheritance? No, he's getting some. Not a lot? <laughs> I mean, not all of it. Mm. Um, cinema historian Jacques... Deslanzes, Deslanzes, yeah. Um, he posits that uh, Louis agreed to vanish due to problems over money and familial conveniences. Uh, so he thinks there's like a plot. A plot. He's like, I'll vanish and then this is what you do or something. And maybe, like, I could see that in the way of like him saying, I will vanish and then you sue whoever makes the first camera or something. But then I, I can't imagine he didn't know about the vanishing seven-year missing, not actually dead law. Yeah. That seems like poor planning. And just very... Um, well, any plan fancy. that involves, I'm going to pretend to be dead, mm-hmm. and you do you sue someone, right. isn't a, a well-thought-out plan. Not a good plan. plan, no. If that was what <laughs> happened, I would believe that he missed part of patent law in the planning process. Um, But people have said that his financial difficulty has been debunked, um, that his business was really profitable, um, and his newest success was going to mean that he was going to make a lot of money. So why would he do that? And, like, if he finds out that there's, like, a weird loophole, just come back. Right. Just come back. Sure. Make up a story, come back. Yeah, we never see him again. Mm -hmm. Ever. So probably dead. Um, and at the same time, um, the Lumieres in France, um, they were the ones who got rich off of early film cameras and movies. Um, somebody said in today's term, it would be billions of dollars that the Lumieres made. Um, and 
uh, I'm not even sure Edison had that much money, is what he says. Like, the Lumieres are really raking it in because they figure out that movies can be like uh, an entertainment experience. Mm-hmm. That I think everybody else who's creating cameras are just like, look how cool it is that we can do this. Yeah, and they're, they're like, they're a bunch of nerds. They're like, we could record plays, basically. Mm-hmm. And then lots of people could see it over and over again. Um, and wouldn't that be cool? So they, they basically start uh, movies as we know them, um, and they make a butt-ton of money for it. Um, and they get a shout-out in Beauty and the Beast with Lumiere. Yep. so cute. I know, every time you say the Lumieres, I just picture two candlesticks. <laughs> two candlestick brothers. I'm like, they make a lot of money. I'm like, oh, good oh, for them. They're rolling it. They don't have to be, like, weird butlers anymore. <laughs> they don't have to work for the Beast anymore. They <laughs> that's, quit. That's great. They can take their little clock husbands and just go away somewhere. Um, and apparently there's a journalist who uh, unpacked the family conveniences suggestion in 1977. That's, that's such a weird phrase. It is a weird Family phrase. conveniences. Um, but he quoted a note shown to him by the director of the Dijon Municipal Library mm-hmm. that claimed um, he died in 1898 in Chicago. Who did? Le Oh. Which is not true. What? Um and it was said uh, that Le, there, there's also a theory that Le Prince, um was moving for his family's sake and because he was a homosexual. Um, but there's no evidence to confirm that at all. What if he was secretly in love with uh, John? His, his wife's brother, John. brother all, the whole time? Well, he wasn't, I don't think. Well, okay. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be true. There's no evidence Sol- at all. Solved it. Solved it, no. Solved it, no. Um in some of my some of this, I have his brother's name is Albert. In other places, it says Arthur. Do I know what his brother's name is? No, I don't think there's really a brother. I'm sticking to Albert, <laughs> even though this says Arthur. Arthur um, Albert, Arthur Bert's brother. I mean, he, he might have two. You know, Arth- that might be his middle name. Arlebert. Um, he's the last person to see Louis alive, and he claims that he watched him depart on the train, but um, he apparently didn't. So that's weird, huh? Well, I I don't know, because if you were on the train with him, I don't know how big the train was, but I imagine there's ways to shove someone off a train and their luggage. Possible. So, maybe. Possible. Maybe. Um, But, you know, when you're doing uh, an investigation, usually you start with the last person to see them alive, and Mm -hmm. that would be his brother. And usually that person's a suspect. Yep. Um, And especially when there's uh, inheritances involved. Exactly. Hmm, Weird. And who would who would the rest of the inheritance go to if he died, brother? Wonder, brother. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he has other siblings, as far as I know, either. Which then is, you know, even more uh, of a motive in a way because you only have to do the one. So where did the rest of the inheritance go once he died or once missing? Um, I'm did assuming it's... either to his brother or to his uh, wife. Very convenient. Yeah. To, I mean, to Louis's wife, but I don't know. Convenient. <laughs> but in um, Jean Mitry's uh, book, Histoire uh, du Cinéma. Say Histoire. 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 Histoire du Cinéma. Histoire. 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 That's a little Japanese almost. Histoire. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mitry claims that the most likely scenario is that Le Prince did never get on the train. In Dijon, that he was killed by Arthur. It says Arthur on all the other ones, but I said Albert. I'm so confused. Stop saying Arthur. Sorry, Albert. Decide. Um, for money or that Albert made no attempt to stop his suicide. I mean, if you're not on the train with him, how can you stop it? Unless, unless, he, t- unless, he, he, yeah. unless he told you. So Lizzie, his wife, 
and yeah. the Leprince family immediately suspect foul play. Mm-hmm. Um, and they saw the Lumieres and the Edison Company take credit for uh, Leprince's invention, and they're like, well, it's probably one of them. Why not? Who had the most to gain? Um, I have a quote that says, Edison certainly wasn't above stealing ideas. In a meeting, <laughs> which is very true that's if you true. listen to the Tesla episode. Yeah, listen to um, our old episodes. Yeah. Link to that down below. There you go. Um, in a meeting with Mewbridge, um, for instance, he dismissed the photographer's idea to combine sound with Edison's moving images, only to file his own patent for the idea soon after. So at this time, they're uh, silent movies. And then this guy's like, what if you had sound? And Edison's like... <laughs> I like that little twang. What, what if you had sound? What if you had sound? In a, and Edison's like, that's stupid. And then two days later, he's like, I'd like a patent for this. Um, I'd like one patent, please. They're like, hello, Mr. Edison. And he's like, Mew Bridge can be right behind me. Can you just do this real quick? It's nice to Wink, see you. And then nice hands to, uh, them, you know, hundreds of dollars. And nice, they go, okay. Nice to see you again, you murdering bastard. You'll have a patent tomorrow. <laughs> With a little gold stamp on it because you're our special boy. The system works so quick when you just grease the wheels a little yeah. bit. With the blood of your enemies. <laughs> the best. Um, so. Little pigeon feathers stuck to it. Uh, so I watched a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode about this, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and that's why I decided to talk about it, because yeah. I was like, this story is nuts, and I want to talk about it right now. Right now. But when I started Googling my sources, I found one that I was like, this website looks kind of dumb, you know? It's like, you can tell how good a source is based on how good their website is. It's like hosted on Angel Fire. <laughs> no, no, no. It hasn't not, been updated that bad. since 98. But it's, it's not pretty <laughs> Um, and so I, but it was really early in my search and I was almost like, should I use this? But I double checked because the website seemed kind of weird and I double checked and it was, um, it made sense as soon as I figured out what it was. Sure. Um, because it's a, uh, it's a website that publishes things that were published in a science journal called Materials Today, I think. So the title's really vague, um, but like a peer reviewed science journal. Um, materials. I think that's what it was today. I think so. <laughs> Question mark. Um, materials. I think that's what it was. And um, because of that, I was like, everything makes sense now. Because sure. you know what? They don't care about their website. Do you remember that professor I had? Uh, Delahoyd, I think his name was. Who looked like Hagrid? Hagrid. Yes. Uh, worst website ever. Ever. Mm-hmm. Very smart. A little paranoid. Right. I think it's the drugs. Or it was. Yeah. Because you you can tell. Mm-hmm. That man partied when he yeah. was younger. Right. Uh, but just terrible websites. Oh, Smart yeah. people don't always have good websites. That and like when the point of your... Um, it's just like the house doing, information. Yeah. What, what they're doing is they're publishing a journal for other scientists to read. Yeah. And like this was like a secondary website just to post them online. It wasn't even the main website for this company. It's a right. side website mm-hmm. just so those can exist on the Internet. It's the side bay. And, she, and she don't have to be pretty. <laughs> she just, just have to be she just got She just got to work. <laughs> so terrible um and not only that but it's like they're not making money for those articles anymore yeah these are old articles that they're just publishing for like um old materials yesterday yeah (laughs) 
terrible. Um, but it's, it's just for, you know, the sake of uh, information being out there. Because they're not making money off of this anymore. Right. So why do they care? Um, but so I read this article, and it might actually have the answer to what happened. Really? Yeah. What was it saying? This might be solved instead what? of unsolved. Materials today. Which, like, immediately I was like, this is, like, the second thing that came up when I searched for Louis Le Prince. So, uh, or, like, disappearance. And then, so immediately I was like, why didn't BuzzFeed use this? And then I was like, I feel like it must have been because of what the website looked like. It looked because it almost sketchy made me as not, hell. Because it almost made me not read it. <laughs> right. I'll have to show it to you. Oh, tell me. Tell me the answer. Tell me the answer. Ah, oh, tell me. So, in 2003. Yes. Um, oh, sorry, this isn't the answer yet. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, I have to tell you else. You're going to murder me. I'm sorry, I have to tell you something else first. Oh, my God. So, I thought we were there. We're not. Oh in 2003, um, the Paris Police Archives yielded a drowning yielded. victim from Ooh, 1890. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, there should have, if he did throw himself or was thrown. Sure. From the train. There should be bodies somewhere. Right. There's. I mean, he's definitely dead. Yeah. And there's got to be a body somewhere. Tell me about the body. Um, but they find a picture of, um, a, a photograph uh-huh. of this drowning victim um, in 1890, which is the year that he died. Um, and it is said to resemble Le Prince, but it's not been confirmed that it's him. Um, they, I watched a documentary about him where they showed the picture. It does look a lot like him. His facial hair is different than it was um in like other pictures they have of him but i'm like people can change their facial hair um <laughs> people can change they were their like, face look it doesn't match and i was like okay that's the hair the hair yeah. <laughs> the hair is different it's, it's, but like his he his face looks almost exactly the same sure um that, and that doesn't mean they have the body or really any other records of it they just found this picture and they were like hey that looks like louis le prince mm-hmm. um so that's possible Weird. of how he died oh um, so it's not like a full body no uh, so they can't it's like just tell his face. Sure, they can't tell like how big um, he is or anything. Yeah, but he has mutton chops and a mustache. His face looks very similar. Um, and apparently, it was uncovered by someone who was researching and looking in their archives. And he hasn't been identified. Um, Wilkinson insists that he was too short to be Le Prince. Um, I think they might have had like details about him on the back of it, of mm. the picture. And I think one of them said that he was like 5'11 or something. And he was like 6'3. So they're like, that's too short. Like he was taller than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could have just been wrong. Yeah. Um, there's also, I don't think it's this time anymore. I think it's because Napoleon has happened. Things are fixed. But there was the time when French inches were longer than English inches. Oh, it's so interesting. there's yeah. a, a case to be made, perhaps, for that. But I think since, uh, I think Napoleon yeah. fixed everything, kind of, like, made it all standardized. Could just be country police don't care to actually get out the it's measuring Paris. stick. Oh, it's in Paris? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just, like, somewhere, like, in between. Well, it's the Paris police archives that they had this picture. Well, that's the archives. That's true. But... I don't... Well, yeah, I guess his body... Well, I don't know where the body was found. Right. Um, I just assumed he was in the Seine, but it doesn't say. So it sure. could have been... They found him in Dijon, yeah, mm-hmm. in Burgundy. So that, that could be true. Or, like, anywhere in between. Cause it, just because something is in a certain archive doesn't mean that's where it was created. Right. Oh, and I have one more thing to tell you. Um, Lori Schneider 
is La Prance's great great granddaughter, mm. and she was interviewed for this. Um, I think she's his closest living relative, and she was interviewed for this uh, documentary that I watched. And they got her personal theory, and she said her theory was that he took the train. Um, the Wilsons, who were there to meet him in Paris, went ahead and they left for England. And when he didn't come off the train, like they expected him to, that she thinks um, that he was arrived in Paris late and then that he hailed a handsome cab to take him to his workshop cause, and, like that his train got late and they weren't there or something mm-hmm. but but which doesn't make sense to me because they said that they waited for him and then he wasn't and then his brother said he got on the train so she almost says like that he missed a train even though his brother or... says he got on the train so I don't understand her mm-hmm. theory um, but she thinks she said that she thinks the driver took advantage of him and killed him basically um Took him to a, ro- a remote location near the Seine, hit him over the head, and threw him in the Seine. There were two articles from this time that suggest that thieves were targeting lone travelers, and La Prance was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, she also says, I simply cannot believe that a man who loved his family as much as he did, as evidence in his letters, would either commit suicide or disappear on his own. Um, the idea that his brother murdered him is ludicrous. Um, is it? He came from a very close, loving family, Maybe. as evidenced from Lizzie's memoirs. Um, I guess. But I'm also like, uh, as much as I love Lizzie, she seems wonderful. Um, you also paint a lovely picture, you know, when you're th- ruminating on things of the past, especially when someone has died. And, like, I don't know how well she knew Albert or Arthur or whatever his name is. Whoever the hell he was. Yeah. I don't know how well she knows. It. And, like, when money's involved, almost everything goes out the people window. People have killed other people for a lot less. Right. And, well, I mean, she thinks that a random cab driver just killed him to rob him. And so I'm like, why wouldn't his brother kill him for, like, $100,000? <laughs> because they loved him. Because his family. Oh, all the love. Oh, my. I wonder if the camera, the camera, the <laughs> mic is going to pick up all your neck popping. It's quite possible. It's, it's the leaning forward that makes my... And Edison, although he was certainly ruthless, she says, um, probably had better things to do than order a hit on a competitor. You don't know Edison like we know Edison. (laughs) Agreed. Um, She says, finally, the theory that his family ordered his disappearance due to his being a homosexual is crazy since the family spent a lot of time and money trying to find him. That one seems a little weird. It's very weird and there's no evidence. It's like, where did it even come from? I'm assuming it's just for the time. So it was just something scandalous to say. Sure. Because being gay at this time is very scandalous. He was probably homo. And that's why he had to disappear to run off with his lover. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though he seems to love his wife yeah. very much. Like, they have letters. <laughs> right. um, he has multiple children, so yeah. they clearly have sex a decent amount. And they have a lot of letters of him just, like, pouring yeah. out his love to her. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't think so. Um, but anyway, now, the truth. Tell me the answer. The truth. Oh, my gosh. Um, enter. Oh, enter. Alexis Bedford. Oh. A graduate student at the University of New York. Hmm. Bedford. Alexis. Alexis, uh, who is studying chemistry and photography, mm-hmm. has been doing research into the history of motion pictures for the past year and a half. Oh, this is modern? Modern? Modern day. Okay. His research um, has often led him to the Inner Forgotten Archives of the New York Library. Cool. Cool. Like it. Which is where he made his discovery. Good. Love it. I knew you'd like this. Yes. Do Henry it. He loves libraries. And archives. And I have and... a good quote that you're going to yes, like in this Yes. Good. Do it. More. I've always admired Le Prince, uh, stated Bedford, but really not much was known about him because of his sudden disappearance, like his work in the field, mm-hmm. because all the attention got like, where did he go? Sure. 
uh, which sucks for him. Like, he, I'm sure he would have hated that. Mm-hmm. Um, All that work he did, and people don't really care. No, it's like, they're just like, where did he go? What though? about his mysterious disappearance? Was he, gay? <laughs> was he a homo? Did his brother murder him? <laughs> was it for the inheritance? Was it because he couldn't handle the shame? Was it Edison? Um, as Bedford relates it, he was turning over some papers on Thomas Edison's work with lighting methods when he stumbled across a dilapidated leather-bound book. The book what? That's so cool. Oh, this right. is like the dream. It's amazing. This is the dream. Like, this is one of those things where I'm like, some of this might be boring, but uh, this is where it is. This is where it's uh, at, guys. You gotta wait till the end. This is, uh, like, anytime you do any kind of historical research with primary documents this is the dream right you hope to discover this kind of thing you'll find the leather bound dilapidated dilapidated book book and it's full of the answers um the book would turn out to be one of many notebooks in which edison was fond for jotting down ideas and test data Mm -hmm. leafing through it explained bedford i merely thought i'd find perhaps some interesting and as yet unknown processes that Edison had tried in the laboratory. I never thought I would stumble upon this. Ooh, ooh, Alexis, you got me. He found a small entry dated September 20th, 1890, which is a few days after Leprance goes missing. What? Um, by Edison's own hand. What, what, what? Which read, Eric called me today from Dijon. What? It has been done. No, what? Prince is no more. What? Are you kidding? This is good news. But I flinched when he told me. Murder is not my thing. Are you kidding? I'm an inventor. This and my inventions real. for moving images can now move forward. This isn't real. Are you kidding? I don't believe. That's too good. Bedford. Excited and puzzled by yes. the entry. Are you kidding me? Immediately went to chat with librarian curator. <laughs> you bet. Charlene Edmonds. Yeah. Uh, Charlene, I found Edison's murder note. <laughs> it's here in the journal. Edmonds was unaware of the presence of Edison's journal. Uh, but that's not surprising, she later said. Our library contains such a large <laughs> amount of historical documents, and some have been forgotten through the ages. We got no idea what the F is in here. I wouldn't be surprised at anything anyone found out. <laughs> That's not a library. You're a bad librarian. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Who knows? I just show up you here. You find La Prince's body here. Wouldn't be surprised. It's probably back in there. I don't you know. Just, you just keep looking. I'm sure you'll find it. I'm not in charge of acquisitions. <laughs> it's probably in there somewhere. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at anything. You can find the Holy Grail in there. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I filed that under probably. H or G. Miscellaneous. <laughs> Anyway, um, with Mrs. Edmonds' permission, Bedford took the journal back to New York University, NYU, as they say. As the kids say, the NYU. (laughs) NYU. Mm -hmm. Um, Where he put it in the care of historian Robert E. Meyer. And, ooh, is Robert E. Meyer having the best day of his life? He's, he's. Oh, baby. He's R.H. This is the coolest thing that's ever happened in his entire life. Yeah, I'm getting chills. In his hands, he has his this unknown Edison what diary. A, what a cold bastard. He admits it to is ordering done. an assassination. Eric called me. Murder's not really my thing. I'm an inventor, but it had to be done. Betrayal. <laughs> Murder. Um, after weeks of examining the journal to ascertain its authenticity, because of course. that's what you have to do, check it. Like I half anticipate that like Alexis just made it up. <laughs> me or him. Mm-hmm. 
both mm-hmm. <laughs> together. Betrayal. <laughs> All Alexis's conspire <laughs> together. They do. I was just so excited when his name was Alexis. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alexis is get it done. The mystery. <laughs> Alexis has get it done. Um so to ascertain its authenticity, uh, which includes penmanship comparison with known Edison articles and a computed tom- uh, tomography scan. So using the computers. Whoa. Um, <laughs> the computers. The computers. Meyer agreed that the journal was indeed authentic. Oh, my God. And that the note dated September of 1890 was genuinely Edison's oh my God. own handwriting. Oh, my God. So what up, BuzzFeed? <laughs> Solved. <laughs> Solved. <laughs> Solved it. Uh, Solved it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, maybe look up your sources. No offense, but who was doing your research? Uh, um, fire them. Doesn't hire sound, me. Doesn't sound like you have an Alexis on staff. That's right. Here's the thing. We do. Big mistake. Big mistake. Huge. And when Alexis is combined, <laughs> oh, baby. Mysteries oh, are solved. Oh, baby, baby. Ooh, it's solved. Ooh. I think this episode is going to have to be the mysterious disappearance of Louis Le Prince solved. Solved. And we just have to stamp it. I think that should be the first word. Solved. Solved. Yeah, exclamation point. Solved. Hey, BuzzFeed, figured it out. <laughs> Wink. I'm sure they've gotten messages, but what if they haven't? Who knows? Like I said, this this uh, source is so sketchy looking. <laughs> <laughs> That I had to research the source to make sure it wasn't garbage. Have you looked up, like, is that a real professor? Um, I couldn't find anything. Well, that's not great. That's not great. But this is from 13 years ago. That's not, he should should be a searchable human. 15 years ago. Should still be a human. I don't know who he is. I'll look it up with you. You can try. He should still be. I googled him, I couldn't find him. (laughs) That's not great. It's not. Materials today. Let me finish. I don't. Mm. It's too good. Let me finish. It's too good. It is quite a different look at these amazing inventors and the time they lived in, said Bedford. Suddenly, we're seeing Thomas Edison in a different light. As a person who had... Some people are. As a person who had a strong stake in dominating the trademark industry, we're seeing how the patent wars affected these scientists as they sought to garner attention for their inventions. Uh, this is very exciting, echoes Meyer. <laughs> we are practically rewriting history with his evidence. No, we're not. We're uncovering it. It's true. Stupid boy. I'm so happy. Just let him have it. Um, and yeah, the article was in Materials Today. Oh, sorry. It's only 10 years old. July to August 2008. Oh, my gosh. Yep. My heart is beating so fast. That's it. That's all I got. You solved it. Solved the mystery. And that's why Edison you sh- had... Louis Le Prince assassinated. That is some cold shit. Possibly by his brother. Or his brother might have been involved. Who's Eric? That's just what it says. Eric called Edison. Hmm. Someone who works for Edison. That's like some Bond crap. Yeah. I got news from Eric. It is done. I can move forward with my invention. Because he doesn't have to worry about a patent thing. With my plans. You know who knows patent law really well? Thomas Alva Edison. (laughs) Yeah. It's what he makes his money off of, and almost entirely. This almost makes me like Edison more. Oh, no. No, I mean, terrible person. I like him. Terrible, evil human. The same, which is negative. But now I kind of admire his evil. If he had 
hadn't done it himself, yeah. I would admire his evil. I mean, he's a businessman. He's got to allocate resources. Yeah. He's got to manage. But see, like, if he... There, there's he, a can't, thing about, he can't be in France when it happens. It's true. Um, it is a smart way to do it. But um, one of my favorite villains is uh, Kingpin mm-hmm. from uh, the Marvel Universe is yeah. uh, Daredevil's villain. That's true. Um, Kingpin is extremely rich. Mm-hmm. Kingpin has henchmen everywhere. Kingpin loves murdering people all by himself. Gets his hands dirty. Kingpin is a giant humongous beast of a man mm-hmm. and just destroys people just murders yeah if you haven't seen the first season of daredevil <laughs> watch out because kingpin is just legit and legit. the guy who acted for him and, and the young actor who played him are both very good mm-hmm. um exceedingly good uh, and really i think make that season because the second season is not super great so that was a really good murder that's my new favorite murder Louis Le Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I like is that it really suggests to me that Thomas Edison has murdered way more than one person. Right. He's done this before. Yeah. Uh, very it's, well organized. It's not his. Um, it's not his first plan. It's not. It's probably his last plan. And it, especially the timing suggests that perhaps he heard that this was going to happen mm-hmm. and was like, well, I got to do it right now. Yeah. No oh, timings that'll fit into the schedule quite nicely. Right. Um, <laughs> I can and, pencil that in. And it also seems weird that it's like suddenly because I think his mom had already been dead for like a year that suddenly Albert Arthur is calling him <laughs> saying, "Oh, hey, we have a problem. Can you come to France real quick instead of heading straight back to America?" Mm-hmm. And then him also being the last person who sees him. Yeah. So I don't think this absolves his brother of anything. No. Um, I don't think his brother probably killed him, but I do think likely his brother is complicit and that Edison was like, I'll give you some money if you just say you saw your brother got on the train. If you get him here, you just say he got on. Just send him. Yeah. Yeah. And that they drown him in the Seine. It'll be fine. And they have that picture. That that guy they found. Yeah, that weird guy with his hair all wrong. Oh, his mustache is different. Yeah. Who cares? They depelted him. What? Like, what? yeah. No, I watched, I have to tell you real quick before we end, I watched this whole documentary about him in the most vague of ways. Mm-hmm. It's not about him so much as it is about the documentarian and his obsession with his hometown of Leeds. Oh, Leeds. Um, and his desperate need to prove that the first movie ever ha- came from Leeds. Who cares? So that Louis Le Prince took it, but that it's of the Leeds Bridge. No one cares about the bridge. The bridge isn't the important part. No one cares at all. It's the Except most boring part of the whole this story. This one human really cares. And I just went, ugh, the entire time. He's the statistical anomaly. Because it was super annoying. He raised the amount of carriage for leads way above where it should be for 7 billion people just by loving it that much. Right. And he shouldn't have. I begrudge him this. Big mistake. <laughs> Huge. Um, <laughs> and... uh but I had to listen to this dude talk about this for just eternity, and I just wanted to shoot myself because mm-hmm. he's so boring. Um, and this was like his whole life's work. And more than once during their filming, he got a phone call from someone that that what? was on his team doing research. He uh-huh. was like, I think I found an earlier movie maybe. And he's like, <laughs> because he's been trying to do this for like 30 years. <laughs> what an idiot. And then it always turned out that it wasn't earlier than the one that he had, but he was like, oh, thank goodness. 
They weren't. <laughs> they weren't so actually funny. They weren't doing research. They just love calling him yeah, up. Yeah, they're just like, hey, <laughs> I found a new one. No, they'd send him like an article. <clears throat> hey, I think I uh, found. Oh, uh, oh <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> psych, psych, uh, psych. And he just has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> He's like, they do this every time. There's no way. Every time, I it scares um, me. But but they looked at the picture, right? Him and somebody else, and they're like, well, the mustache is all wrong, and he's too short. And I was just like, dude, just there are re- things to explain that. Like, just shut up. And maybe it wasn't that body. It could have been another body. Sure. Maybe they never found the body. Sure. There could still just be... Bu- we, yeah, yeah, we don't know it's in the Seine. We don't know how he died. Mm-hmm. We don't know where his body is. Yeah. We just know he was taken out. Yeah. Um, but then at the very end, the dude was like... He's like, oh, and about the disappearance? Because he barely talks about it all. He's like, I'm going to tell you my theory. Here goes. It was the Leeds Bridge. <laughs> it killed him. <laughs> it sat on him. <laughs> no, um, he's like, here's my theory. And then they did the effect where it looks like the tapes run out and it burns away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cute! And I just, like, slammed my computer <laughs> shut. So I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, you stupid dick. <sighs> I watched this whole stupid documentary learned like i learned a whole bunch but like nothing that was useful <laughs> how dare you do this to me leads. and then he's like trying to be cute at the end using up all of his like windows media maker movie maker budget <laughs> horrible yeah you know how every time someone has a flashback it's like little harp sounds that's legend of zelda but sure <laughs> it's exactly the music yep. you make. I know. I, I realized that halfway through. I'm like, should I finish? <laughs> I, you maybe you saw my eyes. I'm like, should I? Hmm. Da, 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 da. Flashback. <laughs> that's what that's what the ocarina of time is actually doing. Or whatever you get, a, whatever you get an item, you're really just going in a flashback. <laughs> when you had that item before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the mysterious disappearance of Louis Le Prince. Here's the mystery. Oh, spoilers. Thomas Edison murders Solved. people. Solved it. Yeah. So, you know, when Thomas Edison is like, he, he had a thing where he was like, I'm a pacifist and nothing that I've made <laughs> has ever killed anybody. And then I was like, you invented the electric chair. So, no? Wrong. You invented something specifically to kill people. Yeah. Stupid. Stupid. Electric chairs don't kill people. People kill people. People flip the switch. <laughs> Did it flip the switch on its own? The switch. Did, Did the switch, switch? flippity flu <laughs> on its squidgety do? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> don't be a stupid like, salamander. Are you a stroke? <laughs> are you okay, Tom? Tom, you okay? Tommy, speak to me, boy. Tommy, come back, Tommy. <laughs> Baby, come back. <laughs> But yeah, he probably, I also like wonder if the Lumiere brothers were involved at all. I don't know. Just like, because some, I mean, I obviously it sounds like Edison sent someone to France. Sure. But like, he's probably going to meet someone in France, right? What if they. Lumiere brothers live in France. What if they were the assassins? No. They're too. Uh, French. Soft. Yeah. They're trying to make movies. <laughs> they're art people. They're movie makers. What if they're made? Ba- I feel like they could have been like, uh, I mean, they definitely benefited from it. It would be like being murdered by James Cameron. Yeah, he can't do it. He could do it. Mm-hmm. it he, I don't think so. Uh, if you were in his movie and you didn't want to do the thing, he would murder you. I don't think so. He'd murder you. <laughs> 
I don't want to put out these accusations on James Cameron. Oh, I just heard that he's like really hardcore in his. Oh, I'm sure he is, but I don't think he'd murder anyone. He'd probably murder you. (laughs) But I feel like the Le Princes, or not Le Princes, the Lumiere brothers could have been involved in some capacity, but we don't know. We just know that Edison pretty much was. She did it. Yeah. Thanks, materials today. If Thanks. you are real, if it's real, if Alexis is real, that's the question. If that, that professor exists, are the sources true? If that librarian exists, right? Like me, me, <laughs> that librarian who's like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> and like, I guess it's may, ours. And maybe BuzzFeed Unsolved didn't include it one because it makes it solved and not unsolved. That's true. And two, no one cares. Um, nobody knows. And three, maybe they did research it and they were like, this is bogus mm-hmm. or something. It seems weird that it is printed in a scientific peer-reviewed journal for it to be not true. Mm-hmm. For them not to have researched to make sure that it was true and that these people were real and that it existed. Do us a solid, listeners. Uh, go tell BuzzFeed we solved it. <laughs> Link to our uh, episode. <laughs> Just uh, drop a line be like, yo, these girls solved it. Solved um, your show's like funny and everything, but they like solved it. And we whipped it and revolved it. And revolved it. So. And we said it while saying rad lines like squeedly scooch a boo. Also, no shade to BuzzFeed Unsolved because I love it desperately. Both of my stupid boys are the best. Yeah. But we, Jane and Ryan are amazing. But we did solve it. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, they don't, <laughs> they don't do the research. There's people who do the research. They're just the talking mouths. Yeah. The talking well, soft boys. Yeah, Ryan's just the presenter and Shane's the reactor. And that's it. Yeah. When are we going to decide? Wonderful. When are we just going to accept that I'm better at reacting? <laughs> you're better at telling. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a couple weeks. Maybe. Tomorrow. <laughs> Just a while. But I like when you present stuff. And you and then I get to learn. Yeah. I'm doing it selfishly. I want to learn yeah. things. You you will. You will you must. I did, I did today. No, I must. Okay. That's what you're saying. What? You are saying you must. Oh, I thought you were saying I thought you were saying I must learn things. things. And I was saying I did. I mean you can. Okay. You might. This is what it's like having conversations <laughs> with us. Like, if you're confused about what's happening, so are both of us. I'm not confused. Okay, sure. <laughs> anyway, send us an email if you like this episode <laughs> at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, at gmail.com. I hope our website isn't so bad that people think immediately, immediately think everything is fake. <laughs> when it eventually exists. I mean, right now it's kind of uh, fake. It is fake. Well, it's 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 in a holding pattern. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get our boy over. Mm -hmm. The boy, the boy. You know, the boy, a boy, a boy, a boy, a boy, a boy. Bye, 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 bye.